Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study, 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. My name is Lisa H., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, November 4th, 2020. Today we're reading from the big book, and we're in Bill's story on page 14. We're going to read the third paragraph, beginning for a moment, I was, through two paragraphs, ending in he knows they are real. Today's readers are Beth W. for the 12 Steps, Patricia C. for the 12 Traditions, Crystal P., Reva P., Katie G., Newcomer Greeters, Vinny T., and the host for the second hour is Nancy P. The reference numbers for yesterday, Tuesday, November 3rd, 2020. For the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, it's 15,694. That's 15694. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, it's 15,698. That's 15698. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Beth W. to please read the 12 steps. Hi, uh, this is Beth. I was unmuting. Are you, did you call on me? Yes, please. Mm-hmm. Thank you. My name is Beth W. I'm a compulsive overeater from North Dakota, and these are the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for his knowledge for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, 
We tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service. I'll pass. Thank you, Beth. And Patricia C., please read the 12 traditions. Hi, this is Patricia C. Thank you for letting me serve. Um, tradition number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those who they serve. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need to always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Patricia. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 14 in Bill's story, paragraph three, beginning for a moment I was, reading through two paragraphs ending in he knows they are real and sharing on those two paragraphs. And Crystal P., would you please begin for us? Good morning. This is Crystal P., compulsive reader from Toronto. For a moment, I was alarmed and called my friend, the doctor, to ask if I was still sane. He listened in wonder as I talked. Finally, he shook his head, saying, something has happened to you I don't understand, but you had better hang on to it. Anything is better than the way you were. The good doctor now sees many men who have such experiences. He knows that they are real. For me this morning, what really stood out to me was 
this line, something has happened to you I don't understand. It reminds me of something that my sister said to me after, you know, um, about two years of being in recovery. She said, you've become a joy to mom and dad, and I don't know how you're doing it because it doesn't look like you're trying. And that was such a shock to me because I was never a joy to my parents. I was always a very selfish, self-centered kid. They were proud of me because I was a smart kid, um, but I was never a joy to them. In fact, I mostly caused a lot of um, misery because of my selfishness. And the, the best part is I never woke up a single day thinking, okay, today, Crystal, you're going to be a joy to mom and dad. Now when you go over to them, think about how you can be a joy. I never did any of that. This totally came out of left field. And for me, what this shows is the difference in the quality of my recovery when it is me who's trying to fix me versus when it's God who is fixing me. You know, it's, it's like night and day. It's when I'm trying to fix me, I have to do a lot of work. It's a lot of effort. I have to put in little reminders or alarms or notes places just to tell me, like, don't forget to do this. Don't forget to do this. I have to do a lot of pretending because truly, I don't even know what it means to be selfless, really. I have to kind of pretend to be what I think a selfless and kind person would be. And people can usually tell that I'm doing that, you know, and generally nobody ever notices it. I want everyone to notice it because look how much of effort I'm putting into this, but they generally don't notice. And if they do, they kind of question either the motives or the, um, whether this is really going to last, you know, whether this is a, this is actually going to be how I am, or I'm just doing this for now because this is the kick I'm on, you know? But when God is working in me, when this is not a behavior modification program, but a crystal transformation program from the inside out, I don't have to do any of that. I just do my part, which means I live the steps. I call out, I notice and name any resentments and fears. I do my inventories. I clean up the day. That's all I do. And slowly over time, I change. And usually when this happens, other people notice the change before I do. I don't have to parade in front of them. They will notice it and come and tell me. You know, and in the previous case where... um, I, I find that when it's me fixing me, I end up feeling very, like whenever I, I get something good out of it, I do something differently. I feel very proud of myself. But when it's God fixing me, I don't feel pride. I just feel gratitude because I know that like, I had nothing to do with that. Like I just did my little part and God just totally came in and changed me. And my favorite line here is, he knows it is real. When it's God fixing me, I never have to question, is this really going to last? Is this just a phase? I know this is real because I know it's not me that's running the show, that this is coming directly from, a, from God, from a place that's totally not, not for me. And so I'm so grateful to see that recovery can, can bring that kind of uh, change in me. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Crystal P., for getting us started. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience, too. Um, And the lines are now open for those who'd like to share. Reva P. Reva. Sharon B. Sharon. Carmela G. Carmela. Lauren N. Lauren N. Y'all are being so lovely this morning. Couple more, maybe. Trisha D. Trisha D. Said B. Yeah. Oh, good. B. Thank you. Anyone else? 
Okay, great. We have a great startup. I have Reva P, Sharon B, Carmela G, Lauren N, and Trisha B. Reva P, please go ahead. Good morning. This is Reva P, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. So the things that struck me in these paragraphs was, first of all, he was alarmed um, for a moment, um, which to me means he was scared, um, he was doubtful. And what did he do? He called the doctor to ask. Um, And that's such a great reminder for me when I am fearful, when I am doubtful, um, because sometimes it's hard to know the truth from the false. It's hard to know, is this... God, or is this just me and self-will? And what do I do when I'm in doubt and I'm concerned and scared? I ask now. Like that is such a difference from the way Bill was at the beginning of his story where he's just ramming his way through life. I know, I know, I know what to do. Um, When I'm in the I know what to do and I'm so sure um, and I've got this, I'm in trouble. Um, But such a great reminder to ask. Um, and the good doctor listened, listened. Um, it takes a person, it's almost like I can't see a spiritual experience in somebody else if I haven't gotten awareness of it myself. Like how amazing that Dr. Silkworth was able to recognize what was happening, not say, oh, you're just going crazy, this is just a bit of a fad, um, that he was able to listen and see and know this is real, and real means substance. You know, when I first started having these experiences, it felt like I didn't know, um, is this true, is this right, and I had to check it out. Um, But such a great reminder, this is what's real. My plans, my designs, my beliefs, those are not real anymore. And the last thing that struck me is to hang on to it. You know, it's wonderful to have these spiritual awakenings, experiences, whether it's white light or gradual, but what a reminder, we have to hang on to it. Like I can't just have an experience and say I'm good to go. Um, It's a daily reprieve contingent on my spiritual condition. I have to do the work to continue. Um, It's not even maintenance, it's continual growth. Um, So continue, continue, continue. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. And Sharon B., you're up, followed by Carmela G. Good morning, everyone. My name is Sharon from Brooklyn, New York. And I'm so grateful to be on this platform. Let me tell you what I'm grateful for in the paragraphs we just heard. I'm grateful that I came to terms with a similar thing that happened to me yesterday. My sponsor had asked me, instead of telling her why I was resisting, what I was afraid of in memorizing my amends that I'm in the middle of. This has been going on for a month that I've been sitting on it. And I realized 
in writing down my feelings and my thoughts and what's been happening that I've been afraid of doing the amends. I was basking in the miraculous events that have happened to me since I did my fourth step in January. What does that mean? I had never experienced the kind of growth, the kind of deep, miraculous relationship I've developed with my higher power as I have in these past, oh, nine months. Never happened. Never happened. Been in the rooms, not for years, but for decades. For decades. And until I finally experienced what it was like to be in a fifth step, in a sixth step, seventh step, oh my goodness. So I was just basking in the glory of these accomplishments. So was it fear? I don't know. I don't believe so. And today I'm moving on. Because someone, as Reva P. just mentioned, someone listened. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sharon B. And Carmela G., you're up, followed by Lauren N. Thank you so much, Lisa. Thank you for your service. Thank you for all on the line uh, who are sharing as well as those who are listening. My name is Carmela G., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from New York. Um, the first sentence, for a moment I was alarmed. Um, I never called a friend. I never spoke to a doctor about it. My doctor did notice the change in me, but I never discussed it with my doctor. Um, the alarming was my connection with my higher power when I could when I could hear the direction, the call, when I'd wake up in the morning and connect and surrender every single day and ask for direction and get some guidance. Um, the fear was when I when I was many years ago when I was in school and and learning uh, psychiatry and all of the uh, mental illnesses, I thought, well, am I am I losing my mind that I'm I'm hearing these directions? That was an inner fear I was having, but I realized no, it was the fact that I had stopped using God, and I was in a very deep relationship, and the directions I was getting on how to be of maximum service to God and to my fellows, that was the clear-cut instructions I was getting on a daily basis, provided I was open and willing. And yesterday I received two calls because I've I've respected um, not sharing frequently and, and not speaking often on the line. 
And the two calls were from fellows who haven't heard my voice, and and they wanted to know if I was okay. So um, the thought that maximum service includes service and sharing is what made me really read this paragraph this morning and say, how? How did I get here? And I got here today through listening to people who have worked the steps ahead of me, learning from others, and totally surrendering to my higher power. And it is my job to do service, and service is sharing. So um, that is why I had a voice this morning on the line, and I wish everyone a beautiful day, and thank you so much for allowing me to share. Thank you, Carmela G. And Lauren N., you're up, followed by Tricia B. Good morning, everyone. Lauren N., Compulsive Overeater, Sugar Addict from New York. How incredible it is that, thank God, sorry, thank God that Bill W. went and found out that um, it was a spiritual experience or whatever, found out from Dr. Silkworth that he was, um, whatever he was doing, it was the right thing and probably the best way to go. Because thank God he did that because I am able to do that today because of this program, because of everything we've learned from the big book, everything we've learned and has been passed on to me from others in this program that have taught me that I, I can be not that I can try and be because that's what I've done all my life for 60 something years. Um, try and be a different person, but that I am a different person because I have God in my life. I sometimes struggle, so struggle to let go of my concept of what God is and what God could do for me and how God could help me be a different person. Wow, I am so grateful that I don't have to work at it anymore. I just surrender, surrender, surrender by doing these steps. And by doing these steps, I've learned how to recover. Thank you all for being my gods with skin, for teaching me, for helping me learn how to be not only show up, but to be a different person, to pay attention to others and to reach out to others and to not be constantly um, selfish. And thank you all for being here. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you, Lauren N. And Tricia B., Please share with us. Tricia, press star one. We can't hear you. 
Can you hear me? Oh, I can hear you now. Okay, great. Um, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Florida. My name is Tricia D, like David. I'm a, I was struck um, not for the first time by the line, anything is better than the way you were. Um, when I first came into the rooms, I was a very bitter and angry person. And anything, really anything was an improvement. Um, and then I decided to go out and do some research. Uh, and after a very lengthy relapse, I found um, this group and these meetings. And um, I came back, but I was still in such pain and sadness that anything was an improvement. Um, but because I hit that bottom, I was able to follow instructions. And the good news is I found abstinence, and that allows me to work the steps. And today I'm in a place of serenity and joy and just gratefulness to be here um, and to be alive. And I'm just so happy to have that. And I'm just grateful for all of you and the service you provide. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Tricia D. Um, and before I take another list of names, just to remind everybody where we are in the big book and Bill's story, page 14, beginning in the third, with the third paragraph for a moment, I was reading and sharing through two paragraphs ending, he knows they are real. Who else would like to share? Linda Amy R. Uh, Linda and Amy. Nessa R. Okay. You might have to give me your last initials and you share. Anyone else? I have Linda, Amy, and Nessa. I think somebody else was trying to come in, but I couldn't hear them. Anybody else? Lou B. I'm sorry, say again. Lou B. Lou B. Thank you, Lou. Okay, let's go with this lineup. Linda R., Amy G., Nessa R., and Lou B. Linda R., please go ahead. Thank you so much. This is Linda R. Recovered in North Carolina. Very grateful to the fellowship, and thank you all for your service. Anyway, this paragraph really spoke to me this morning. First of all, when he went to this person, when I came into this program, I, had, I didn't feel safe or protected with anyone, and I would never, ever talk to anybody about my, my feelings or what was going on with me. When I worked through the steps, and especially with my spiritual teachers, I felt so uh, grateful that I could go to someone when I was in trouble or even when I had some good things happening to me. So I, um, so this paragraph, you know, he felt safe to go to his, whoever that, you know, the person was, and he was safe to really like share what was going on with him because to me, it sounded like he really got scared. And that's what happened to me throughout my process. Sometimes I really got scared. I said, what's going on here? You know, God was like telling me things. And for me, my higher power and my channel to my higher power is my intuitive thinking and my thoughts and God filters through me that, you know, the things that he wants me to do and, and my direction. So that's what I really think was happening in this paragraph, that it was really like a bolt of lightning, spiritual awakening. And I've had a few of those through my process, but basically mine have been of the educational variety very slowly. And I just want to share that lately I had, I've had such an awareness about something that 
happening in my life. And it was really God doing for me what I could not do for myself. So thank you for allowing me to share. Thank you, Linda R. And Amy G., you're up, followed by Nessa R. Good morning, Lisa. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. So grateful to be here and grateful to be part of this awesome meeting today. I, too, am really excited about these paragraphs. What struck me today, it says, for a moment, I was alarmed. So what's Bill alarmed about? He's just had this sudden and profound experience with his higher power. And I don't know about you all, but I've you know read the story more than a few times. And there's always this tendency to think that, you know, God just struck Bill sober. And I think the reality is, is that's not the case. Yes, it comes gradual to some and sudden to others. And his was very sudden and profound. But if we look back in the paragraphs on page 13, let's review. On page 13, he humbly, off, he humbly offers himself to God. And he understood to do with me as he would. He made a list of people he had harmed and hurt and toward whom he felt resentment and expressed an entire willingness to approach these individuals admitting his wrong. The next paragraph, I was to test my God consciousness. Common sense would thus become uncommon sense. I was to sit quietly when in doubt, asking for his direction and strength to meet my problems as he would have me. And then boom, the last paragraph, my friend, my friend promised me when these things were done, I would enter upon a new relationship with my creator. The moment he fully accepted them on page 14, prior paragraph, what happens? He has a new experience. When he became willing and honest to take the action steps via these 12 steps, I mean, if this isn't isn't step work on on page 13, I, I don't know what is. Bill wasn't struck sober, you know, any more than I was. Now, my experience wasn't sudden and profound, but the moment I fully accepted that I was powerlessness, I was powerless that I was doomed, you know, anything is better than the way I was, right? That I was going to take the action steps to move through these steps. I began a new relationship with a higher power. I access that higher power whom I now choose to call God. And what's so wonderful is that he, the doctor knew that it was real. And he says he knows they are real because he's seen many more experiences. And I can tell you all to the newcomer on the line today with great excitement and confidence that if we if, if if there's a willingness to accept what this program is our powerlessness the 12 steps and take action that relationship that power be it sudden or profound or gradual it is here and it works we can have freedom there are many recovered on the line today speaking already with excitement to say the solution is here we have to be willing to accept them and act on them and follow the instructions of these 12 steps. And you too can recover from the seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. We have recovery. It is here. It, I just want to shout it from the rooftops. It's not being struck sober. It's being willing to accept, surrender, and take the action steps. And their recovery is for all of us. It's a common solution. There's no secret code. And it's here. I just wanted to shout that out today, folks. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Amy G. And Nessa R., you're up, followed by Lou B. Hi, good morning. Uh, this is Nessa R., a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, you know, when I read these paragraphs, to me, it's as much about um, the doctor's experience as it is Bill's 
and it's no less instructive to us or to me, a role model, than is Bill's. You know, like we, we talk a lot about it uh, when we read the doctor's opinion about the doctor's honesty and, and, and humility when he admits that, you know, science doesn't know, doesn't have all the answers and the science, but he, he uses the words synthetic knowledge. Um, and here, um, it, it's, it's, it's really put into practice and it's a great role model of example. He is an expert in treating alcoholism. You know, I guess in those times, uh, he was the expert in, in, in the city. And, um, and he's admitting he doesn't have all the answers. And I think that, you know, if, I, if somebody goes to a doctor today with this, this, describing this kind of experience, he probably would be told, oh, you're just having alcoholic um, hallucination or, or, or something like that. You're just like hungover and you're seeing things and, you know, you're, you're delusional or, or whatever and, and not really being taken seriously. But here's the expert who listened in wonder, which to me sounds like he listened attentively. And then, you know, he admits, I don't know what's happening to you, but, you know, when he says, hang on to it, He's saying it's better than whatever I've been able to do for you because, you know, what I've given you has not helped you, but this is helping you. And so it just shows me that, you know, even when I think I'm the expert at something, that I have more knowledge uh, um, than you or you and you, that I don't know it all, that there are still new things in God's universe that I can be wrong, that I don't have all the answers. Um, you know, and I need to listen. And oftentimes, you know, when I listen to people, I'm not really listening to people. I'm, 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 I'm picking words here and there and planning my response to them, you know, instead of actually listening to them. But here the doctor listened. Um, and, uh, you know, I have to admit when I don't know, I don't know. When something is over my head, it's over my head. I mean, the doctor, had, he had, up until that time, he probably had never seen anything like this. Um, I, I have to admit it too. Like I have no experience with it. I really don't know. You know, let's uh, let's explore it further and see where it goes because I don't know. So that humility and that honesty um, is something that uh, I take away from um, from this uh, um, um, two paragraphs on the that I passed. Thank you, Nessa R. And Lou B, you're up. Good morning. This is Lou B. in Texas. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I'm so grateful to be here this morning, and thank you for listening or hearing my name. Um, so, yeah, he's he's talking about this experience that we, we read about yesterday. You know, he felt lifted up, and this great wind of, of a mountaintop blew through and through, you know, and he felt a, a peace and serenity that he had never known, and he thinks, am I going insane? <laughs> you know, is this, <laughs> am I okay? In other words, this was something he had never experienced, and it was profound and uh, and just completely different from the darkness and the isolation and the self-loathing that he had been living in. You know, it was like stepping into the sunlight of the spirit. And and uh, as was shared earlier, you know, this is this is how it works. I mean, when, when I followed the directions in this book, when Bill did the things that he did, this transformation happens, and it is extremely profound when I'm coming out of the darkness and isolation of my disease. So any newcomers listening, I do encourage you that, that, you know, it is real 
and it has happened to many people. I mean, that's the thing. You know, it's ha- this, this is not just a handful of people. It's happened to many people over the last 80 years, and uh, and it's real. And it's and it's you know also as we read uh, day before yesterday, you know, it's 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 very simple. It's not easy, but it's very simple. And 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 the thing about it is, it, it it it's okay that it's not easy because we've got each other. We've got this book of directions and. And it's possible, you know, it's real and it's possible. And I'm eternally grateful for the transformation in my life. And I'm grateful for this set of directions. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> my life is far from perfect. It is far from perfect. I, I, it's not like, you know, all of my troubles go away when I embark on this way of life. But I can tell you this, that kind of know what to do today I don't kind of know what to do I do know what to do I mean when I work a 10 step over a disturbance it is lifted and I feel very much like this paragraph that we read yesterday a sense of peace and serenity and um, I'm just so grateful for it because it you know before I got here and before I found you guys I didn't have a way out you know I talked and talked and talked about the problem what was going on and I talked and talked and talked some more and uh, today I have a better way. You know, I have a, a new way. Not very much time spent on the problem, a lot of time spent in the solution. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Lou B. And this morning we are, we've read um, and shared from Bill's story, page 14, the third paragraph beginning for a moment, um, reading through and sharing two paragraphs ending, he knows they are real. Who else would like to share this morning? Sarah B. Hey, this is Fran. Sarah, Fran, did you say Fran? Yes, ma'am. Okay, you'll have to give me your uh, first initial of your last name. I have Sarah D. and Fran. Who else? Fran S. 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 F is in Frank. F is in Sam. Sam. Thank you. Anyone else? Ellen C. Ellen. Okay. We've got we've got room for a couple more. Katie V. Katie V. Okay. I have Sarah D, Fran S, Ellen C, and Katie B. If you're not Sarah D, please star one to mute your phone. And Sarah, please share with us. Good morning. Can you be? Can I be heard? <laughs> you can. Go ahead. Okay, great. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for your service, and thank you for being here this morning. Um, this is Sarah B. as in boy from uh, the great state of Georgia. Um, I love this reading this morning. Just speaks to me so much. Um, just felt moved to share um, just about how that that line that the doctor says where he says, I don't know what you've got, but you better hang on to it. I'm probably getting the words wrong, but the the idea is he's like, I don't know what's happening, but you better, you better hang with it because it's working. Um, and um, when I got abstinent, it was immediate and sudden and a bolt of light. And I was very blessed by that. Um, and then over the months, I started looking really closely at the program. Um, my twist of the mind started to say, you need to understand this better. 
you need to look up some some science on on behavior change. Perhaps it is this. And I started having these doubts. You know, I started started questioning everything. Then I started criticizing uh, various parts of the program. And lo and behold, you know, within a few months of that, I was uh, I was definitely not filled with joy. I was not feeling food neutrality, and I was um, about to start to start back in my addiction. Unfortunately, um, did not because I have a sponsor. Thank you, higher power, um, who uh, who said, you know, Sarah, you need to do some ten steps. You need to um, read the twelve steps every day, um, and you need to get back into the big book um, regularly and look at the program and 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 follow it and use those tools. And um, and so I did, and I started doing many, many 10-step worksheets and um, listening to some old podcasts by some, some great fellows who have a lot to say about, about avoiding relapse and about, um, and about that, that miracle and how it's okay to just accept it and not understand it because it's better. It is so much better than having an illness that I understood but suffered with, suffered until I was almost dead. So um, I just wanted to share that this morning. Just so grateful for a vision for you. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day, guys. I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah B. And Fran S., please share with us. Fran, if you'll press star one, we can't hear you. What's that? There okay. you go, Fran. Here you go. Yep. Okay, thanks very much. Um, yeah, there are so many things involved in recovery, and I think a lot of people have different stories. Um, I know for me there are a couple of things involved. Um, first of all, when I first came into the program many years ago, it was just the idea that there were other people who did what I did. That was such a revelation. I felt this profound end of my loneliness because I thought I was the only person who binged to the point where she was sick and wanted to die. And this went on in my life for eight miserable years where I just couldn't hold a job. I couldn't have a relationship because of these binges and my weight would go up and down huge amounts in short amounts of time and it ruled my life and um, just to find out that someone else did that was such a revelation and I guess that's a little different from Bill because he must have known that tons of other people drank but um, when I came to my first OA meeting it was a thrill to just see that there were people who did what I did but they no longer did it so there was the element of identification, and then there was the element of hope and trust, because I saw that they worked the program. And then the second element for me was a, a program of depth and meaning. I think that's the phrase they use. I know, I could look it up, but I didn't sleep last night. so. Um, and I love that, because I don't have to be perfect in my life. I really believe that but I have to strive to be or want to be or step out of myself and turn to a power greater than myself. I don't like to call God a man. I don't like to call God a woman or a being. Uh, to me, I see God when I look up at the trees or out at the mountains. Um, 
but the idea that there is something greater than myself forces me to be humble in every aspect of my life. And that's the second aspect that works for me. And the third, I have to say, is just habit. I mean, we're supposed to work the 12 steps, but we are not going to be perfect. Bill wasn't perfect. I think he had a long-term philandering problem. Even after he got sober, he cheated on his wife, and it troubled him. I don't know this firsthand, so maybe I shouldn't even say it, but I heard it on the two-way prayer tapes with Father Bill, who was a close friend, I think, of Bill W.'s, and he shared about it. But we don't, so we don't have to, we have to strive to work the program perfectly, but we're not going to work it perfectly. The one thing I think we do have to work perfectly is we can't drink. And for us, the analogy is we can't engage in certain food behaviors. I know for me, I can't indulge in certain thoughts because they just inevitably lead me in a certain direction. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, there are just different ways in which we all come to the program, and there are all these aspects of it that are important. And whatever way it works, it does work for a huge number of us because I know I haven't had those kind of binges in years. And I can Gentle eat all reminder. those foods. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you. Thank you so much, Fran. And Ellen C., you're up, followed by Katie B. Good morning, Ellen C., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. Um, I just felt so compelled to share this morning. It's the first time I'm sharing uh, in the big group. Um, so for a moment, I was alarmed. I had lost my mind. And uh, I can't even count the number of times when I've been terrified in this program over 35 years that I've lost my mind because what I've learned is so different from the way I was raised uh, to rely on, on myself only. And I was struck particularly by what I've learned in my life is it depends on who I ask. I mean, God bless that Bill asked the good doctor um, because I, I – I had a therapist years ago who said, you'll always find someone to support your pathology and your craziness, which was a real terrible message for me, but I never forgot it. So who am I asking? And beyond the fact that he's an expert, is what's the motives of the person that he's asking? And what's the sameness and recovery of the person he's asking? So I have to ask myself, Am I a better person for this program? Is my life better? Am I thinking more sanely? Am I more loving and tolerant and kind? Because if I ask the family of origin, they would tell me that I've lost my mind. So I am so grateful that I found this program, that I found all of you, that, that I can reach out to you, and that you can remind me about what's safe and and, and a way to live and a way out. And I could ask other people who would tell me I absolutely have lost my mind. So uh, common sense is very uncommon. And um, I thank God for all of you. I pass. Thank you, Ellen C. And Katie B., you're up. Hi, good morning. This is Katie V. Is it Victor? May I be heard? Oh, 
Yes, yes. Thank you, Katie. Uh, awesome. Thanks so much. Um, hi, good morning, everybody. Um, these paragraphs are awesome. And uh, what struck me about um, this line, something has happened to you I don't understand, it, it kind of like jolted me back to the experience I had when I was working my second step. And um, I came in with a God of my understanding, but um, he wasn't big enough because he didn't care about my compulsive overeating and uh, wasn't, wasn't always there, wasn't sitting right next to me at all times. And when I realized that like my God needed to be far beyond my understanding to be big enough to take this problem from me and to help me live my life, I broke down in tears. I cried for like an hour. And it, it was all because I, I had the thought in my mind that just was, I don't understand you, God, but I trust you. And I just broke down. It was as if like years of, of just isolating myself and, and having to do everything on my own and it having to be me, me, me and my will and my white knuckling. It was like that shattered instantly. And and I, I couldn't, I couldn't help it. And I just, I was crying and I said, I'm so sorry that I, I've been so arrogant and so prideful and, and tried to do this my way for so long. And I just heard, it's okay. You're here now. And, um, and God, anything is better than the way I was. Right. Um, and I also love in this where it talks about ask if I were still sane was I sane before? Oh my God. I was like chewing gum until I was sick. I was eating boxes of Tic Tacs and, and then going home at night and ordering $300 worth of food. It, like, was I sane? Was I treating people in a sane way? I really doubt it. But, um, but gosh, yeah, this program just works. It works. It works. It works. And I never thought that I would get better. And, um, Monday was 90 days for me. Um, and I've been binging since I was six. So you can imagine how shocked I am. Um, yeah, but thank you everyone for on the line. And uh, I'm really grateful to be here. And thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Katie V. And it looks like we probably have time for two more two-minute shares. Sharing from page 14, the third and fourth paragraph. Anybody want those two last chairs? A good opportunity. This is Cindy B. I can, I'd, I'd like to share. Okay, Mary, Cindy B. Mary J. Okay, Mary J. So Cindy B and Mary J, if you can each take two minutes. That'll take us out. Cindy B., please go ahead. You said two minutes? Two minutes, yeah. Okay, okay. Hi. Okay, good morning. Uh, it's just been, this is Cindy B. from Boston. I have been enthralled listening to everyone. Um, really enjoyed the beginning speaker about how people see you change and you're not recognizing it in yourself and just how the transformation uh, that this program has given me and is giving me every day, and I'm I am wondering how I'm doing it. Um, I recently listened to um, 
Bill W. speak. It was the day that Dr. Bob passed away, and he he went to a, an AA meeting and he spoke, and he talked about the experience. And I was really surprised to hear because it's not in the big book, but he actually talks about light coming into the room and that that he was feeling um, this this absolute joy and bliss that he'd never felt before. So when he talked about it, there was like some really you know. Um, experience that was such a you know huge spiritual experience he had one of those and and that was why he thought he um he thought that he had you know maybe had some kind of alcoholic delusion or something and it was one of the reasons why he did talk to um dr silkworth about it and um so it's just and, and it's interesting because a belief and and knowledge is not enough that act more action and faith without works is dead and so, you know, every day uh, is a new day to surrender. That's it. <laughs> I'll pass with that. Thank you. Thank you, Cindy B. And Mary T., I hope it's T. You can remind me. Um, you'll be our last chair. Please share with us. It's Mary J. as in John. Oh, J. Thank and you. Go from, ahead, Mary. From California. I am so grateful for this meeting. Um, it's 4 o'clock in the morning here. And so I set my alarm every morning for four and tune into this, um, these amazing, amazing messages that get me rooted in program. I have been in OA now for 30 years and slowly, 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 I've given away the food and maintained abstinence. And I am not the overnight miracle with light filling the room. But in my way and in God's way and my higher power has given me such a stable, solid um, foundation of giving my food to God, to, to my sponsor, and in return having the serenity and the um, amazing uh, peace that comes with food doesn't rule my life anymore, higher power does. And I'm, I know there's people have talked about two ways that higher power has come to people, the light flashing in the room and then the Dr. Bob version. And mine, mine has been the Dr. Bob version, but it makes it no less magnificent. It's, it's so real that, um, that higher power has changed my life and I'm at peace with food. I'm neutral. And I can I can reach out to other people. I can um, sponsor people. I can give away this peace and this joy that I have. So um, thank you, thank you for being there every morning. And I'll keep setting my alarm for 4 a.m. I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Mary J. And thank you to everyone who shared this morning. Um, and also thank you, Team Wednesday. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And today's share ID, today, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, Wednesday, November 4th, is 15,706. That's 15706. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Reva P., will you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. 
Hi, this is Reva P., Compulsive Overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.